Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. We are continuing our stay in the AFC North. This is our 11th team overall. We're going to be talking about the Cleveland Browns. Now, if you want to find the other 10 teams that we've done so far, check back on the episode feed if you're listening in um, audio form. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the links in the description for the other teams that we have done. Now, if you are listening to the podcast on audio, please rate and review. It really does help me out a lot. And if you're watching, the video on YouTube, please hit the like button. Please subscribe to the channel. It really does help me out a lot. I really do appreciate it. If you're subscribed, you'll be notified when new episodes drop. Like our continuing all 32 NFL team previews, our other season-long fantasy football content, as well as college football and college basketball content coming when those sports are in season. And we're going to be talking about the Open Championship next week for golf. So if you subscribe, you'll be notified when all those episodes drop. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the preview. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so before talking about what the Browns are going to be up to in 2023, let's take a look at what they did in 2022. Now, in the 2022 season, the Browns offense finished the season 14th in yards per game and 18th in points per game. It's not bad. They were just kind of a run-of-the-mill offense. Um, And they did score. This is a relevant stat because when you look at the Browns season last year, everything was defined by the suspension of Deshaun Watson for the first 10 games um, just kind of changed the whole trajectory of their season, what they were expecting from it. Uh, Jacoby Brissett was kind of the bridge quarterback at the start of the season. Now, what is relevant, that the stat that I was getting to, is that the team scored 23 or more points in every game that Jacoby Brissett started at quarterback, and then they only averaged 22 per game when Deshaun Watson was the starting quarterback. So the bottom line is this offense was more successful last year when Jacoby Brissett was a quarterback as opposed to when Deshaun Watson was a quarterback. Now, um, with Deshaun Watson, it was the first time he had played football in a year and a half. So I could kind of forgive a little bit of the rustiness. I could kind of forgive a little bit of that lack of success as just, you know, having not played, having not been a part of the offense. Now, in terms of the play calling, whether you can attribute it to the quarterback position or not, the Browns did rank ninth in the NFL in rush rate. They called runs at the ninth highest rate in the league, which means you can inverse that for the pass rate. It means they finished 24th in the NFL in pass rate. Now, speaking of that pass rate, let's go ahead and talk about some quarterbacks. Let's talk about the quarterback position for the Browns last year. So last year, Jacoby Brissett averaged 15.8 fantasy points per game in games that he started, which if he played an entire season would have been good for quarterback 16. Um, If you look at his stats, they're going to be kind of skewed because he came in for very minimal opportunities in some of the final games of the season, and so his per-game averages are messed up a little bit for that. So that's why I went ahead and just looked at the games he started. Now, Jacoby Brissett did have three top 12 weekly finishes in those 11 starts. His best finish overall was QB2 in Week 11. So what that shows us is that this Kevin Stefanski Cleveland Browns offense can be pretty hospitable for a quarterback, um, even if it's one like Jacoby Brissett, who's fairly conservative, not the most aggressive downfield passer, you can still have good success as a quarterback in terms of fantasy finishes. Now, here's why that's a little bit, you know, it kind of makes the next step disappointing. Deshaun Watson only averaged 15.1 fantasy points per game in six starts, which was good for quarterback 17 if he had played a full season at that level. That's not great. In fact, that's far from the level that Watson was at in his career in Houston. In Houston, Deshaun Watson finished as quarterback eight 
I'm sorry. In Houston, Deshaun Watson never finished worse than quarterback five in fantasy points per game. So Deshaun Watson pretty much for his entire career was a top five fantasy quarterback until last season. Now last season, he did show a little bit of a glimmer of hope at the end of the season for this Browns offense. He finished as quarterback eight and quarterback six in week 17 and 18 respectively. Those were his only top 12 finishes on the season. So the bottom line is this, what we know about Deshaun Watson is that since he was a career-long top five fantasy quarterback, he has the potential to return to that form. This offense, which Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, gave you kind of average fantasy quarterback success, and I think Watson, with a year under his belt now, with the rust kicked off, I think he has the potential to return to that. However, the quarterback position is really deep this year. There are a lot of other elite quarterbacks who, in my opinion, have easier paths to become a top five fantasy quarterback, and so so for that reason, I have Watson as my quarterback eight overall. I have him right behind Justin Herbert and right ahead of, I believe, Tua Tagovailoa was my quarterback nine. Um, I just have him in that tier where you can draft him to be a starter, but I definitely think that there's uh, some other quarterbacks out there who have an easier path to being a top five quarterback than Deshaun Watson. All right, so let's switch gears for a second. Let's go ahead and talk about some running backs. So Nick Chubb has been just a consummate, solid fantasy running back since he was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Last season, Chubb finished his running back six overall and running back six in fantasy points per game in last season. Now, he did set career highs last year in carries, yards, and touchdowns. And what's more impressive is that he did so all those stats on only a 57% snap share. It was drastically lower than any of the running backs who beat him in fantasy points. In fact, it was good for 22nd in the league. And in, when you look at weighted opportunities, which weighs carries and targets as you know, kind of a total workload for running backs, he ranked 13th in the league among running backs in weighted opportunities. So the bottom line is that Chubb was incredibly efficient with the touches that he got, and he was an elite fantasy score, even on not a super high load of touches. Now, since his rookie year, Nick Chubb, like I said, he's been a consummate solid fantasy running back. He has not finished outside the top 10 running backs in fantasy points per game, and he has also not been below five yards per carry since his rookie season. He's just an incredibly efficient running back. Even when he's been sharing the backfield, he's been making the most of all the touches that he gets. It's why he consistently finishes among the top running backs in fantasy football. Now, last season, his backfield mate Kareem Hunt was a little bit of a disappointment. He finished his running back 39 on a 41.5% snap share and ranked 35th among running backs in weighted opportunities. So the bottom line is that Hunt was not really efficient with his opportunities. If his ranking in opportunities was, you know, lower number than his running back finish. Like he just wasn't doing the most with it as a lot of other backs were. Now what's also relevant is that Kareem Hunt was utilized more in the passing game than Nick Chubb was. Hunt out-targeted Chubb 44 to 37 over the course of the season. Now before the 2022 season, Hunt had been a lot more successful in this Cleveland backfield. He previously had three top 25 fantasy points per game seasons in Cleveland before 2022, so I don't really know what went wrong last season. Uh, and really, on a week-to-week -week basis, Hunt did not show that much upside. He only had two weekly top 20 finishes, and what was relevant is that in those two um, weeks that Hunt finished in the top 20, Chubb also finished in the top 20 in both of those weeks. So, Pretty much the Browns backfield as a whole was either collectively successful or just Nick Chubb 
was a success. There was not really a week where Kareem Hunt like really ate and then Nick Chubb just did nothing. Like, you know, in the weeks where Hunt was um, successful, Chubb was also successful. Now, heading into the 2023 season, the Browns have gotten rid of Kareem Hunt. They've also gotten rid of the Ernest Johnson, which means that the Browns backup running back role is going to fall to Jerome Ford, who's a second year player out of Cincinnati, was utilized in a very limited fashion in this Browns backfield last season. Now, here's just me being totally honest. I don't see the Browns just going from Nick Chubb being at a 60% snap share to, oh, Kareem Hunt's gone. Now it's going to be a 100% snap share for Nick Chubb. I don't see that being the case. I see there being other opportunities for running backs to have a chance to shine in this offense as well, kind of like Kareem Hunt has the last four seasons. And I think that guy really is going to be Jerome Ford this year. I don't really see a whole lot of competition there right now. Now, granted, could they still you know, bring in Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette, or could they bring back Kareem Hunt? Yes, they could bring back one of those four veteran free agents. But as of right now, that role is um, falling onto Jerome Ford. And I do think that Jerome Ford is being drafted a lot lower than where his upside exists, because I do think he's going to see at least a 20 to 30% snap share as the Browns backup running back. Now, what is relevant is that I do think Nick Chubb is going to be on the field for more passing downs, whereas Kareem Hunt was generally getting those responsibilities last year. So if Nick Chubb's snap share goes from you know 60-ish percent to 75%, it's quite possible that those 15% are early down you know passing situations where he's getting more targets, which we've talked about numerous times on this podcast. Kind of the cheat codes for running backs in terms of you know big time fantasy production are targets and touchdowns, and, and that would be one part of it for Nick Chubb if he's going to be on the field to get some of those cream hunt targets. Now, here's the bottom line for the Cleveland Brown running back situation. Nick Chubb has four straight top 10 running back finishes and is in line to see more snaps than ever before in his career. I see no reason to expect him to finish outside of the top 10 running backs. I see no reason to expect him to finish any worse than he did last season. And Jerome Ford is a high upside handcuff. Ford is a guy that I have been drafting in a lot of best ball leagues because if something were to happen to Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford would be in line for a major workload. Or, like we've seen with Kareem Hunt over the past few seasons, is there a path to have two successful Browns running backs in one week? Yes. Ford has standalone value, even if Nick Chubb does not get injured because of the fact that we know this Browns offense likes to utilize multiple running backs. So I think Jerome Ford has a lot of value. Heading into the 2023 season, Nick Chubb is my running back seven, and Jerome Ford is my running back 49. I have Chubb right behind Tony Pollard and right ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I really struggle to rank Chubb any higher than seven just because I do like the top six so much. But really, I think that um, that little tier of Jacobs, Pollard, and Chubb five, six, and seven in my rankings. I do think those are all interchangeable. Uh, I'd had no problem drafting Nick Chubb as my fifth running back off the board. Now, if you heard me talk about best ball leagues and you want to, you're a little bit interested in best ball, um, check out my promo code mconley 88 It is pinned in the YouTube description. It's also pinned in my Twitter profile at Mike's Money Picks. It'll match your first deposit up to $100 if you want to try best ball drafts on underdog. All right, that does it for the running back positions. Let's go ahead and switch on over and talk about some wide receivers. So last season, the Browns wide receiver room was kind of interesting, 
to say the least. They finished with two top 45 fantasy wide receivers and no other wide receivers for the Cleveland Browns finished in the top 100 fantasy wide receivers. Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones were those two wideouts, and they were also the only two Browns wide receivers who recorded a single weekly top 30 finish. If you played any other Browns wide receiver in season-long fantasy or in um, DFS, or you drafted them in best ball, you were just disappointed because they never gave you a single good week from any receiver not named Cooper or Peoples-Jones. Now, I will say this also. Cooper and Peoples-Jones were kind of um, separate success stories as well. There was only one week where the Browns had two top 25 fantasy wide receivers. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot of weeks where both of those guys got a whole lot of volume together. And when you look at it in total, it's not super shocking. The Browns targeted wide receivers at the 25th highest rate in the league. They were one of the teams in the NFL. In fact, the eighth, I guess you could say the eighth most team in the NFL that targeted running backs and tight ends as opposed to their wide receivers. Now let's go ahead and talk about Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper finished last year as wide receiver 10 overall and wide receiver 17 in fantasy points per game. He finished the season 16th in total, total targets with 132 and 16th in target share at 26%. Now he did have five top 10 weekly finishes, but also had nine weeks outside the top 30. There was a big range of outcomes on a week-to-week basis for Amari Cooper. In fact, he had some of the biggest home road splits out of any player in fantasy football last season. He was much more successful at home than he was on the road. Now, also worth noting, we talked about how this Brown season was kind of a tale of two seasons with and without Deshaun Watson. Well, Amari Cooper only had one top 30 finish with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback, which was wide receiver four in week 17. So the bad news, it was only one top 30 finish. The good news, it was wide receiver four. So the one time that Deshaun Watson really did feed it to Amari Cooper, he really had a lot of success and he really did put together a good fantasy week. Now, Donovan Peoples-Jones was the second most successful Browns receiver last year. Finished 2022 as wide receiver 39 overall and wide receiver 47 in fantasy points per game. Now, what is not good, though, is that he was not as efficient with his workload as we would have liked to see. He ranked 35th among receivers in targets with 96 and 40th in target share at 19%. So the bottom line is if you got more targets than than your rank indicated, you were not very efficient with those targets. Now, Peoples-Jones did give you some decent weeks last week. He had six weekly finishes inside the top 30, only two of which were inside the top 20, and none of them were top 10. So he never really had a spike week. He never really gave you a week where if you played him in DFS, you won a GPP because of Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had weeks where he was solid, weeks where he was starter caliber, but no spike weeks out of DPJ. Now, it is worth noting in the offseason that the Browns did add former New York Jet Elijah Moore to be their new slot receiver. Moore finished as wide receiver 92 in fantasy points per game in 2022 after finishing as wide receiver 28 in fantasy points per game in 2021. Apparently, Moore had a big time falling out with this coaching staff and got himself in the doghouse and was still dressed and like active every week, but just not really involved in the passing game every week. So his numbers were utterly terrible. After a very successful rookie season in 2021, he disappointed a lot of people in 2022. Now, in 2021, what I do think is worth noting is that Elijah Moore did average seven targets per game. So basically, it took him seven targets per game in the Jets offense to get to wide receiver 28 for the season. So if you think that he can get more than that, 
in that the Browns offense is more efficient than the Jets was in 2021, then he might have a path to being better than wide receiver 28. But seven targets per game is, it'd be asking a lot. It would pretty much be the entire total of the entire rest of the Browns receiving core, not named Cooper or Peoples Jones last year, um, and maybe even a little bit more after that. So let's go ahead and you talk about the bottom line for the Browns receiver room. The Browns receiver room, Amari Cooper has a wide range of weekly outcomes, but has a fairly narrow range of season-long outcomes. I think Amari Cooper has a little more value in best ball than in, than in redraft fantasy leagues because he does give you these spike weeks and he is prone to having duds. And in season long fantasy, if you start him and he has a dud, that doesn't help you at all. In best ball, you've got other guys that you can have in those spots, right? Now, Elijah Moore, to me, has the potential to return his 2021 self. If this Browns offense is successful, Elijah Moore is going to be successful with it. Donovan Peoples-Jones, to me, does not have the same upside that he had last season with Elijah Moore in the lineup. I have him significantly down in my rankings. I just don't think there's a whole lot of upside there. I draft him with a lot of late round or last round wide receivers. I do like him in best ball if you plan on stacking the Browns um, and you get Deshaun Watson and you fail to get either Amari Cooper or Elijah Moore, I would definitely advise stacking him in that situation. Um, but for my season-long ranks, Cooper is my wide receiver 19. Moore is my wide receiver 36, just ahead of George Pickens. And Donovan Peoples-Jones is my wide receiver 31. Actually, I believe he's ahead of Traylon Burks, who's ahead of George Pickens. Might have misquoted that on Elijah Moore. I believe I have Pickens at 38. Anyway, that does it for the Browns receiver room. So let's go ahead and move on and talk some tight ends. So last season, the Browns targeted the tight end position at the fourth highest rate in the entire NFL last season. David Njoku finished his tight end 11 overall and tight end 8 in fantasy points per game. And Njoku ranked 11th among tight ends in total targets and target share, which means that he was averagely efficient with his targets and his total workload if his rank was the same for target share as it was for his overall finish. Now, Njoku did give you some good weekly finishes. He had six weekly finishes inside the top 10. He also had six weekly finishes outside the top 20. What is worth noting is that two of his top 10 weekly finishes came with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Njoku also missed a few games in that stretch Harrison Bryant was decently effective. Harrison Bryant finished his tight end 39 overall, but he finished his tight end nine in week 10 when David Njoku was out. So the moral of the story there is if you were to just have a position that was Brown's tight end in fantasy football, that would be a borderline top 10 fantasy tight end for the entire season with how much this offense utilized their tight ends um, and the success of both Njoku and Bryant in that role. So the bottom line for the Brown's tight end room is David Njoku is a consistent, sound, high floor, low ceiling, starter caliber tight end in all fantasy formats, dynasty, redraft, and best ball. I have no problem with drafting David Njoku to be your starter if you're one of the last people in your league to take tight end. Now, I'm not a believer in panic selecting Njoku, but going like, oh shoot, I don't have a tight end, or I'm the last one in my league without a tight end, I have to take Njoku. You don't have to do that. Take him at his ADP, don't reach for him, but I do think that he is a solid starting caliber fantasy tight end. Um, I think you can pair him up with a high upside backup, um, and that would be an ideal tight end combination. Even in deeper leagues, I think that would be a solid option. And Joku is my tight end nine for the 2023 season. All right, so that does it 
for the Cleveland Browns 2023 preview. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you saw, like what you heard, please hit that like button. It really helps me out a lot. I really do appreciate it. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and review wherever you're watching or listening. Please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop, like our next episode that is going to be on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, if you listen to me talk about best ball and you are intrigued and you want to try it out, I recommend you try it out on Underdog Fantasy. You can use my promo code mconley 88 to get your first deposit matched up to $100. It's basically free money. Uh, And then if you like these ranks and you like these write-ups that I had on guys and you want to see them for the entire NFL, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It is $3 a month to join. So you pay for one month. You get access to the ranks, access to the draft guide. You can cancel after that, whatever. Um, And it's much cheaper than all other premium fantasy sites. It's much cheaper than um, but going out and buying a magazine. And for if you stay with it for the course of the entire season, you get all my golf um, DFS picks and articles with college football DFS picks and articles and college basketball DFS picks and articles, as well as my weekly NFL article about my favorite DFS plays and talks from there. So um, that is what you get if you go to the Patreon, but the ranks in the draft guide are probably what you would find most interesting because we are coming up on draft season. All right, so that does it for this episode. Next up is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hopefully you guys got some good information that you can use to dominate your fantasy leagues this year. Um, Thank you guys for watching and listening, and I'll see you next time.